All right, Dr. Huntington here, and today I'm going to talk to you about a very important hormone called cortisol. Now, cortisol is best known for being in charge of your fight or flight instinct during a stressful experience or, or like a, a perceived threat. So an example would be like if you're on a stroll through a park or in the woods and you look over to your left and there sits a mountain lion or a bear, right, showing off its front teeth and, and maybe some of its teeth on the side depending on how, how much he's upset with you walking so close to him. That'd be one example. Now maybe you don't walk in the woods. Maybe your life is a little more tame, you know, so maybe your experience looks more like this. You know, you're sitting on your couch and you're anxiously awaiting the arrival of your in-laws for a holiday visit. You know, your skin feels kind of cool and your heart rate picks up as the doorbell rings. You break out into a light sweat. You know, you're ready to either run if you can't get away, you're ready for a tussle. All right, so this fight or flight thing, you know, the, the, the cortisol is largely in control of this reaction. And this is why you've heard of cortisol referred to as the stress hormone. Now, when you feel threatened, your hypothalamus, which is in your brain, communicates with your adrenal glands, which are the organs that sit atop your kidneys, to send out a surge of cortisol and also another hormone called adrenaline. Now, during a fight or flight, your heart rate and your blood pressure will increase. And, and important systems in your body actually shut down. For example, your digestive system, and your immune system lowers, and your reproductive system. Now, this is a natural and healthy response because these important systems have been judged from an evolutionary standpoint to be non-essential during the times of these perceived uh, of a perceived threat. So during a fight or flight situation, your body also needs as much energy as possible to handle the situation. So another role of cortisol is to trigger the release of glucose or sugar from short-term storage reserves. This way your muscles actually you know, can use that sugar for energy to get you through the situation. Now this fight or flight response is meant to, to help get your body through the stressful experience. Like, like it starts, right? Then, then you have to get through the experience and it's over. And when, it, when, when it's a shorter cycle like that, it's a pro-survival response. And it's adapted this way over a very long period of time. So it's aided historically in your survival and that's why, why you have it. Now in a healthy body, after the high alert, high stress situation, has, is over, the cortisol level will decrease. And the systems that were shut down, such as the digestive system, will then come back online again and function. And your blood sugar should return to normal. But what if you're under stress all of the time? Right? This response system was not made for that. Your body was not made for that kind of long-term stress. And if cortisol levels are above normal, for long periods of time, your body's not going to function properly. And you're going to have too much glucose in your body, which is going to, you know, it's going to contribute to chronically high blood sugar. Now, despite the fact that this stress response is pro-survival in certain situations, it's really unhealthy to be in this state long term. And here's a way you could look at it. Think of a, st a stress as a, as a light switch and cortisol as the light bulb. Right? So if you turn the light switch on, the bulb heats up. 
And if the switch never gets turned off, the bulb will always be hot and never gets a chance to cool down. This is kind of what's going on in your body. The chronic stress causes uh, like a sustained level of high cortisol. So you're constantly pumping out cortisol. And in that state, your body's going to experience things like disrupted sleep and digestive issues. Because remember, digestive system getting shut down, right? Weight gain, heart disease, memory impairment, even anxiety and depression. So cortisol also directly affects another really important hormone that I talk about a lot, and that's insulin. So let's look at the relationship between these two. You know, if you look here at the board, as cortisol levels rise, right, you get a rise in blood sugar. We talked about that earlier. And then in response, you get a rise in insulin. Unfortunately, that rise in insulin is going to, there's a, a loop, it goes back and it'll end up increasing the cortisol again. So we'll talk about uh, that, you know, in a moment. The, the primary role of insulin, of course, is to, is to regulate how your body uses and stores glucose and fat. And, and when you have a consistently high cortisol level, you're going to have an excess of glucose in your body, right? So this raises your blood sugar and then your body produces the insulin to counterbalance the rise in blood sugar right, to keep that blood sugar under control. The cortisol also works to make sure that glucose is available for immediate use and not stored in your body. So how does it do that? Well, it actually blocks the effect of insulin. So you have cortisol raising blood sugar, which is causing insulin to be released, but then the cortisol is blocking the effect of the insulin. And you might wonder, like, like you know, th that's counterproductive. I mean, why does that even really happen? But you got to realize that cortisol is the hormone for fight or flight. So it's overriding everything else, including the insulin, you know, because it's, you're, it's, it's being pumped out in a situation where the perception is that you're in immediate danger. So cortisol is dominant, and it overrides your system until the danger is gone. Now, over time, your pancreas, it pumps out more insulin to get the same level of response, right? Because cortisol is high, blood sugar is high, insulin's high. What happens is, is the cells, they stop responding to this increased level of insulin. So um, you become what's called insulin uh, resistant. You've built up a resistance to the insulin. And because of this, there's not an efficient response. So your pancreas then has to pump out more. This is not good. This, this cycle just continues. More insulin, uh, more insulin resistance, more insulin. So when your cells do not, do not get the energy they need, because remember, insulin their job is to basically open that cell up and allow the blood sugar to go in, right? It gets the, it gets the sugar out of the blood and it allows for your cells to, to use that sugar as energy. Uh, but if they're becoming insulin resistance, your cells aren't opening up, the sugar's staying in your blood and your cells starve. So now you've got hungry cells and now you get these hunger signals being sent to the brain so you eat more, right? Thus causing further rises in blood sugar and more insulin release. You can see how this, this loop just keeps going and going. Now remember, any glucose that you do not need, right, that, that isn't going to go into your cells and get used for energy, is going to get stored, mainly as fat. So this is the link between cortisol and weight gain. Cortisol, an increased risk for type 2 diabetes, and cortisol and other health problems. Life stress happens. You know, and, and there's, there's a healthy response to short-term stress, and that's what we, we talked about earlier in the video. 
What you don't want is to stay in stress mode for long periods of time because that leads to this cycle, right? Increased insulin, insulin resistance, the metabolic stress of starving cells, and then that stress causing more cortisol. So here's the cycle. Stress, cortisol release, increased blood sugar, increased insulin. Now, because of the increased insulin, insulin resistance, your cells not responding to insulin, your cells starving, therefore stress, right? Starving would be stress, therefore cortisol, and we just get in this cycle, all right? So what you want to do is you want to stay out of that cycle, you know? So here's just a couple of ways that you can combat daily stress, right? One would be your diet. Eat a healthy anti-inflammatory diet, and I do lots of videos on, on eating a proper diet. Um, exercise regularly. You know, exercise is a great way to, to reduce the stress, reduce the cortisol. Uh, take time for hobbies, you know, things you enjoy doing, whatever they might be, right? Caring for animals, listening to music, um, building something, I mean, whatever it is you enjoy doing and you don't find stressful, right? Take time for those things. Uh, and then another one, which, which often doesn't make a list, but, but really does help, is volunteering to help other people. You know, things that you don't have to do. You know, there's very few things that you can do to reduce your own stress than actually just help somebody else. All right, so I'll see you in the next video. And until then, your homework for today is to help at least one person today, one extra person that, you, that wouldn't have been part of your normal you know, daily routine. You know, help them with something um, you know, that, uh, that's not part of your routine that they maybe don't necessarily expect, even if it only takes a couple minutes. Okay, I'll see you soon in the next video.